Father, thank you for your word today. Uh, God, we're just people that believe it, plain and simple. God, we don't pick and choose. God, we say what's in it from Genesis to Revelation, wholeheartedly we grab a hold of it. And uh, so, Lord, we just believe today, God, that you said what you meant and you meant what you said. And so, Lord, today we just stir up our own faith uh, just to believe and take you at your word today. Father, we just uh, ask today, God, that you'd remove any limitations that we might put ourselves under. And, uh, and God, just help us to step out in the great commission that you've called us to walk in. In Jesus' name, thank you for your anointing, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, this morning we're going to uh, dive into the seventh part of our current series that's been titled Foundations, okay? And, and, the, and the simple idea that's been wrapped around uh, this whole series is really just simply this, that if you and I are going to live strong spiritual lives, we're going to have strong spiritual lives that, that can stand the test of time, that can, that can stand against the storms of life, we're going to have a strong spiritual life that, that uh, is full of purpose, one that's going to make a difference, then we are going to need a rock-solid foundation. Amen. Amen. Great place to say amen. L- listen, thankfully, we don't have to wonder, as we've been talking for weeks, we don't have to wonder what uh, you know, ingredients, what building materials that that foundation is made of. Thank God that God told us in Hebrews chapter 6. But I want to do something. I want to say one thing before we read it again. It's really important that these, that these six things in this list, uh, that they become a revelation to us and not just information. And you may be asking today, Pastor, what's the difference? The, the difference is simply this. Revelation is something that we put into practice. Information is something we put on the shelf. Okay, so today, listen, we're not watching National Geographic, you, you know, and, and finding out whatever, how the earth moves. Or, or you know, whatever, whatever sea creature lives in the depths of whatever, uh, you know, just useless stuff. Today, we, we, are, we are listening to stuff that's very useful, very applicable to our lives that God actually wants us to put in practice. Amen? Amen. So, all right, so let's read Hebrews chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2 again. It says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles or the elementary teachings of Christ, let us go on to perfection or let's move to maturity, not laying in the foundation of this. Here's the six foundations. The foundation of repentance from dead works, the foundation of faith towards God, the foundation of baptisms. Let me stop there for a minute. Remember uh, that that is plural. So it's talking about this, that when we got saved, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit baptized us or submerged us into the body of Christ. There's also a water baptism, which is the next step from that. That's what we're going to practice today. And then there's also a baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that's where we receive power to be witnesses for God. Amen? All right, so then it says that there's a foundation of laying on of hands. There's a foundation of resurrection of the dead and foundation of eternal judgment. So we've already covered the first three of those. Then we're, today we're going to discuss number four. Here we go. So today, somebody say today. today. We're going to talk about laying on of hands. All right. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but if somebody would ask me years ago, hey, Quentin, look, uh, can you write a list of what you think, man, every believer needs to know? I don't think that if somebody would have asked me that, they said, hey, man, you got to nail it down to even six. I don't think that laying on of hands would have came to mind. And, and the truth is, and I think it's almost ironic, but when it comes to laying on of hands, it is absolutely one of the six doctrines, what we call the doctrines of Christ, one of the six teachings that we find in the Bible. Uh, but but a, there's many Christians, I'll just say it that way, that are completely even unaware of what it is. And, and then there's this other group of Christians that they absolutely, they, they see it, but they ignore it. Yes? And, and then there's some that they disregard it because they think that it's odd. They think it's weird. It makes them feel weird. And, and then there's those that, uh, you know, God help them, but they even mock it. That's a scary place to be when you mock the things of God. Amen? But, but listen, my hope for us today is this, is that we will see that, A, it's biblical, right? And B, guess what? That it's not weird. 
And then the last thing that I really want us to walk away from today is this, is that we would have a greater measure of confidence in our hearts of what God will do when we are willing to simply put our hand on someone's shoulder, put our hands on someone's head, and simply pray a prayer of faith in Jesus' name. Amen? Because there's something about when we step out in that simple lack, when we get out of our comfort zone, because we're all afraid of how people are going to view us and see us and all those things. But when we go, man, forget all that. I'm just going to do it God's way, right? Because God's way gets God's results. Amen? That, that I'm just going to step out and I'm going to pray for someone. And let me maybe say this to you right off the top here. I, I was in a church not too long ago, and, 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 and there was a woman that was just crying and crying and crying and crying. I mean, she was, she was weeping. And I found out later it's because her grandmother just passed away. So, um, and I watched this guy, man of God, come, and he just put his hand on her shoulder for like five minutes. That's what it was. And then he walked away. Listen, guys, that's comforting. But when we come and we lay hands on people, we got to speak. Right? There's life and death in the power of the tongue. I go a hundred different ways with this. But somewhere along the lines, the person that's getting prayed for needs to hear what we're praying so they can come in agreement with it. Amen? Because that's the only way that we can really release life over them. Amen? So, so listen, there's something just so powerful about when we come and we just take that simple act of obedience and we put our hand on someone's, uh, you know, body. And, and, and at that moment, I, don't, I can't explain it, don't understand it, but we become a channel for God's power and God's presence to move through. And it's amazing what God will do. And if you can kind of get in your mind today, uh, th- that is part of what it means to co-labor with God. Right at that moment, you're just partnering with him. Okay, so listen. Let me also encourage you in this because I don't know what churches, uh, you know, maybe all of you guys' background is in, but you don't need a Bible degree to do that. Okay, and you don't need a title. All you need to do here's the requirement: you need to love Jesus and you need to have faith. Enough said. Right? Believe the word, believe his promises, and you're good to go. Amen. So I'll say this for me personally, and I'm just kind of giving some things, kind of set this up, and then we'll get specific. But, uh, you know, over the last 20 years of ministry, for me personally, probably the, one of the greatest joys of that time is when I've had the opportunity. Forget preaching. That's great. Love it. But when we get to pray for someone in an altar or we get to pray for someone in their home, wherever it's at, and we get to watch heaven move. Right? Because that's that thing, man. We just don't want to talk about it. Let's live it and let's experience it. And so, man, that, that's where the joy of God happens for me personally, okay? So, like, I can't, I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, that I've personally been praying with someone. And in the middle of all that praying, and it's going to kind of sound like I'm contradicting what I said a while ago when, when, I, when I put my hand on Abby's shoulder. But, but um, I can't tell you how many times in that moment just praying the heart of God over somebody and, and hearing in my, in my heart the moment God just tell me to stop. And just, man, just give him a hug. Just give him a hug. And, you know, it's so amazing that when you obey like that, once again, because we think all the time power, but there comes a time where, man, God just wants to come with his peace and his love. And, and I can't tell you how many times to just hug somebody and watch, you know, someone go from walls, mask, hurt, shame, guilt, however you want to say it. And then when you hug that individual, man, they just melt. You, you, you know, I, I, love the, I love the verse that says that even the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. You know, so there's something about when you hug someone, you become a channel of God's love and God's power and watch God restore somebody back to a position of honor. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So listen, I don't, I don't know how many times, and it's just to encourage you, how many times I went and laid hands on someone. And, and I think this is a common mistake people make when they pray for somebody. Because they're nervous, or maybe they're a little too excited, and, and they go pray for somebody, and they just and rush through it. And then they move on. And, and here's, if we're honest, we go, we rush, and then we walk away and go, man, I feel like I missed something there. 
What I prayed was right. It was good. It was Bible. But I missed an opportunity. Has everybody been there before? Come on. Yes? No? Maybe? Not sure? Um, but when we pray for someone to just literally pray what's in your heart and then just, I can't tell you how many times I've just stopped and just kind of waited on the Lord. And in that moment of waiting on him, I'm a pretty simple fella. And, and it, but it's amazing when God begins to open up and he begins to reveal things about that person's future, about their life, uh, uh, you know, just uh, about their heart. In that moment, you know, what's going to be a channel for God's voice to speak through. And, and, you know, we would call that words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And I'll just maybe take a second here. Words of wisdom always deal with the future. And basically, here's a God that has all wisdom. And in that moment, when you're praying for somebody, he shares a bit of his wisdom with you about their lives. Word of knowledge is this. Knowledge always has to do with past or present. And what happens is is God will show you something that speaks into their life. And what's so cool about that stuff is because nobody else knows it. You don't know from Adam. But, But what it does when you begin to speak those things over people, guess what? They cannot help but to sit back and go, man, God is real. He's personal, and man, he really loves me. Yes? So li- listen, we should all be people that says this. We should all be people that say, man, God speaks, and man, I want, him to, I want him to use me in that way to encourage other people so that they can know he's real, he's personal, and he really loves them. Amen? See, see that right there is, is one of the ways that we get a chance to make a difference. Because listen, the Spirit of God is in all of us so we can make a difference. Amen? Not so we can just sit back, be fat, dumb, and happy, right? But so we can make a difference for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Awesome. All right. So, listen, let me kind of maybe say this. Just kind of take a minute. Once again, sometimes you don't know everybody's history with God. You don't know their story. And, and some of us have been in, in different groups than other different groups. But, and so what happens is, at least I'll say for me, or I'll use me for example. I, I remember coming from, I, I, I got saved in a church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? And, and, I, and I spent basically about roughly six months in that world. Okay? And then I, I didn't even know the difference of all the denominations. Didn't have a clue. Okay? And I show up at another church and I found out, oh, they believe in what the other people say they don't believe in. And then I saw somebody, do that. I saw somebody fall on the ground. Somebody prayed for them, they fell on the ground. Okay? Now, the, now, that freaks some people out. Okay? Some of y'all are like, oh my God, why not come to this church today? <laughs> So, it's okay. It's okay. Listen, so, um, you know, a lot of times people call that falling out in the spirit, going slain in the spirit. There's different wording. But, but here's what I found out over the years. And guess what? That's all in the Bible. We just choose to blow right on by now. I ain't where Lewis talking about. <laughs> and then I found out that, guess what? That, that meant it happened all throughout church history. It happened through revivals. It happened through a variety of denominations. Let me set your heart at peace right now, okay? That, uh, I'll give you an example. We all love Jesus, uh, the, 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 you know, the Passion Week of Jesus, right? And, and what he went through. We all celebrate Easter. But, but you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. You can go read in the book of John that, that here's Jesus. He's in the garden. He just got through praying for the, uh, you know, whatever, praying and, and telling the disciples, hey, man, why couldn't you wait with me for an hour, right? Or watch with me for an hour. And, uh, and in comes, uh, you know, a theologians believe 300 to 600 armed soldiers, they come, they, come to, they come to arrest him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They come to arrest him, and Judas is at the front leading the way, right, because he got some money. And, uh, and then Jesus simply said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. 
which is a uh, title of God. And the Bible says that those 300 to 600 people fell to the ground as though they were dead. What happened? There was a shock wave of God's presence that went, went over them and they all fell to the ground. And once again, you've heard me say before, but the part that blows my mind that they actually got up and arrested him afterwards. I think, I, I think I've been like, hey, Cap, I'm going home, buddy. My, my, wife, uh, my wife needs me for dinner. You know, it makes no sense to me. But anyway, so there's an example, okay? But the Bible, if you read it, it actually talks about people falling to the ground as though they were dead. Now, here's what's wild. Fast forward in church history, and uh, I can't remember if it was Wesley or Whitfield. They were, they, were, they were buds, but they were in one of them service, and there was a person that was on the front row, and, and while they're preaching, the person falls out of the seat, boom, on the ground. The guy stopped preaching because he'd never seen it before. Do we have a doctor in the house? Do we have a doctor? And, and there was a doctor in the house, came and looked at it. Everybody in the church is just looking at the person. Okay, and, and the doctor literally says, uh, hey, look, all vitals are good. They're good. They're not dead. I don't know what's going on, though. I can't tell you. So the guy said, okay, I guess I'll finish my sermon. So, so he got up, person just laid on the front row, and he preached. And 45 minutes later, the person kind of came back to our zone. And they said, everybody, you know, everybody, what happened? And then they began to talk about this encounter they had with God. Now, watch this. Then fast forward to where those guys, Whitfield and Wesley, so this is, uh, you know, the Methodist movement and, and uh, you, you know, more where other uh, streamlined denominations come from, those guys, that literally when they would show up and preach, uh, in fact, I read one, it talked about almost it was like a Gatling gun went off. And it says that literally four and 500 people would go on the ground. Poof. Okay. Are you all with me? So... But here's kind of the point that, man, when we talk about this, that can happen with hundreds of people at one time or it can happen with an individual, okay? That can happen with young, can happen with old. One thing I personally love about kids is kids don't fake the funk for nobody, okay? And I love it when you get to go in a room and there's kids all laid out on the ground because they're not, they're not, they're not playing show for anybody. Jesus touched them. That's cool, right? Uh, in other words, it's not a learned behavior, right? So I've, I've seen it happen with sophisticated and the unsophisticated. I, I remember a few years ago, and, and Pastor Brian was there. I, I remember uh, we had, we had uh, Wednesday prayer at our old church, okay? And, and this doctor comes rolling in, very sophisticated doctor. And, and somehow I think Pastor Brian said, hey, we're just going to pray for people today. And so I kind of ended up with that guy. And, uh, and he, here's this doc, very well-educated man. The guy is definitely a man of influence, brilliant. And he begins to tell me that he started looking at things that he didn't need to look at, and, uh, nor pornography. And, and so he'd been basically repented. And, and the guy, no doubt, was repented. He was broken, confessed it to his wife. You, you know, she forgave him. I mean, just powerful stuff. But, but he didn't forgive himself. And the man was just, uh, shame and guilt was riding like a doggone dump truck. And, and it was amazing. Just praying with that guy, sophisticated. Guess what happened? The power of God came. Somebody laid hands, channel. The man ends up on the ground. However long he was gone, all that shame and guilt broken off of him. That's a good day. Amen. That's the day you go, thank you, Jesus. You did something. Best thing happened all day, right? Amen. All right. So here's, let me just kind of leave you with this. I've seen it happen with people who didn't believe in it. <laughs> And people didn't even know what it was. I've seen, I, I've seen people, uh, you know, uh, fall out in spirit when hands were laid on them. And people fall out when nobody laid hands on them. That's a good day, right? I, I remember Noah's dad coming to a youth service one time. And we were all just worshiping. And Noah's dad was standing back worshiping. 
Nobody around him? Boom. We had people in our sound booth. The guy running our doggone screen. Words. Why are the words not changing? A little bit. Oh, that's why the words aren't changing. Okay, so anyways. So let me, let me move on. I'm taking up too much time. But uh, here, here's the only explanation I can give you about all this, okay? You know, I'm not trying to freak anybody out. But listen, uh, when, when heaven and earth collide, something's got to give. It's the best explanation I can give you. That when the supernatural collides with the natural, something's going to give and it's not going to be God. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, here we go. Now we're in the sermon. Three purposes for laying on of hands. Let me give this to you. Three purposes for laying on of hands. It's all Bible. Number one, to minister healing to the sick. To minister healing to the sick. Once again, if we believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, grab a hold of this, okay? So, obviously, we see this type of ministry, okay, in the life of Jesus. Let me give you a verse. Luke 440 says this. says, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, to Jesus. And he, Jesus, laid his hands. Everybody get that laid? His hands on every one of them. And what happened? He healed them. Amen? So, listen, we see this same thing for time's sake. We see Jesus do this with Peter's mother-in-law. We see him do it with a leper. We see him do it with a cripple, with the blind, the dumb, the deaf, and even dead people. We see him walk into a room, whatever the situation is, or on the street, and we see him simply touch somebody, and we see them be healed or see him raised from the dead. Amen? All right, so fast forward. We see this also in the life of Paul. And let me read a verse to you here, Acts 28, 7 through 9. It says, near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publis. It says, the chief official of the island. It says, he welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. This is after they shipwrecked. It says, as it happened, Publis's father was ill with fever and dysentery. It says, Paul went in and prayed for him. How did he do it? Laying his hands on him and he healed him. It says, then all the other sick people on the island, after they saw that, right? After they saw that came and he... Uh, and were healed, okay? So we would assume there they also laid hands on those people as well. Amen? Now let me make a, a, a certain clarity here because this is a pet peeve for mine, okay? Uh, of mine. Is I don't like it when people say, I saved them. I healed them. I did. No, you didn't. Okay? You, you, you Listen, all, all you were was a donkey that Jesus decided to hop on for a minute. Okay? And we've all been there, right? We, that's all we are, guys. Right, so you were the channel. Uh, you you are not the power. You're the door. All right, you were just somebody that was willing, simply obedient. And so, uh, basically, we don't heal nobody. We don't save nobody. God just He uses us. Amen, amen. All right. So listen. So wh- what was Paul doing? Please grab a hold of this. What was Paul doing? Because I don't think we think about this all the time in this practical way. What was Paul doing? He was simply obeying or doing, acting out whatever in the Great Commission. The same one we were all given, right? He was simply living out the great commission that we were all given. Look at this verse in Mark 16, 15 through 18. Let's do a second and let's not look at Jesus. Let's not look at Paul. Let's look at us. It says, and Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every church loves that part. Here's where it goes sideways. And these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. You can look in there and you know, and I didn't put it up there, but it talks about uh, that they shall, that they shall speak in New tongues. And, and people who teach you that that, that is just some, uh, that somebody went and learned Spanish, right, and speaking Spanish now, that's not what I was talking about. The new there actually means that it is a, it's, it's never known before. Okay, so it's a, it's a heavenly language that they shall speak in. And then watch this. It says, once again, these signs will follow those who believe. Anybody believe? Yeah. Anybody believe? Yeah. 
Amen. It says, in my name they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will be made well. So God is saying through this that, that it, when we are willing to step out and put our hands on somebody and pray for somebody, you're sick. You, you know, not go, I'm sorry. You may go to Rite Aid for you. <laughs> but but when, we, when we pray for them, guess what happens? At that, that moment, we become a channel for God's what? Divine life, divine healing, and divine strength to flow through. Amen? Amen. Second one. First one's healing. Second one's this. It's to those who are seeking or those who want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So when we look at the book of Acts, we see five different instances where people are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And three of those five, uh, it happens after, somebody say after, happens after they've had hands laid on them. Okay? So look at this example here in Acts eight fourteen through 17. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. It says, as soon as they arrived, get it, they were already saved. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for the new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. How they do it? The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they had only been water baptized. Now in verse 17, it says, this is how they did it. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Pretty powerful. Number three, first one is healing. Number two is to receive the baptism of the Spirit. Number three is for impartation. Now, I could have worded every bit of this all different, but I'm just trying to make it clear as possible here for impartation. Now, what's an impartation? Impartation is simply there's a transfer from me to you. I'll leave it simple, okay? So let me give you one here, okay? The first one, there's little five subpoints here, or four. Four, yes, I can't count. <laughs> Listen, the, the, the first one is this. The first sub-point is basically this. What's imparted? It's the anointing. It's the anointing. And once again, please don't look at this as, uh, look at this in the fact that this is all of us. This is every believer, okay? It's the anointing. This is where we receive uh, a mantle of grace and wisdom to minister. We're all called to be ministers of the gospel, right? The Bible says we're all ministers of reconciliation. We're all called to do the work of the ministry. So this is for every one of us, amen? So, so let me... Uh, Say it like this, okay? Obviously, Jesus is the anointed one. He lives in all, inside of every one of us. Let me, let me give you a powerful fact, okay? We, we, we are not necessarily begging and pleading with God to anoint us. Jesus is the anointed one. He lives in us, so you're already anointed. Amen? That means you're already empowered to do what he's called you to do. But there's something about, and, and once again, biblically, I, you know, listen, that something shifts, that there's an, an actually a generational, I'll say it that word, transfer. I don't really understand it all, but, but there's a transfer that happens when we have hands laid on us. And, and anyways, we'll just kind of beat the weeds and we'll go through it. Here we go. Let me give you an example. I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you a story about a guy named George Jeffries and a guy named Reinhard Bunky. Some of you guys have probably heard of Reinhard Bunky. Uh, most people haven't heard of George Jeffries. Can you throw up that picture of George for me, please? Man, look at that. The main reason I want to show that is because that hair is on point, okay? Man, listen, fellas, be encouraged. That's, that's, it's a wave. It's coming back. Dang, that part, I mean, he, he looks like he got in a fight with an Indian, doesn't it? I mean, it's just like, where somebody scout that guy. Anyway, so, anyway, so, so George, George uh, his brother Stephen, two powerful, powerful, powerful ministers of the gospel, the, these guys uh, were Welsh. They were uh, coal miners and got born again. The gift of healing came upon their life. And about everybody, everybody that they prayed for got healed. And, uh, and this guy started planting churches all over Ireland and, and kind of like whole Great Britain. Okay, And so he ended up in England. Now, let, let me show you. 
Maybe, so let's maybe, let's maybe put him for a second there and uh, show him the picture of Reinhardt. So this is Reinhardt Bunky. Reinhardt Bunky is a German minister and, uh, man, powerhouse. I mean, you name the miracle, boom, it's there. Now watch this. Uh, go back to the picture with George. Thanks, man. I just want to leave that up there so people can just rest in that. Uh, so, so watch this. So George Jeffries uh, was basically uh, coming to the end of his life. And at the, at the time he was coming to the end of his life, Reinhardt was actually in Bible school. And, and he actually, once again, here's a German guy, but he ended up in Bible school in England. And, and he said, man, I, I, want, I want George to pray for me before he dies. He didn't know him. What he did is he actually, if I remember correctly, and pardon me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but I think he went something like a phone booth, and, and he found George Jeffrey's address, ripped the page out. Don't do that. Well, they're not exist anymore, so it doesn't really matter. But so he, anyways, so he ripped it out, and he goes to this guy's house in England, right? Goes to his flat, whatever you want to call it, and he goes up, and he knocks on the door. <coughs> he knocks on the door, and this young lady comes to the door. And he goes, uh, he goes excuse me, is this George Jeffrey's house? And she says, yes, it is. He goes, to make sure, is this the minister, and kind of named a few things, George Jeffrey's house. And she said, yes, it is. She said, but he doesn't see anyone anymore because he was about to die. And uh, she heard from the background, he heard, George said, let him in. And so Reinhardt goes in, and Reinhardt simply says this, will you pray for me and impart basically your anointing upon my life? And so, and so George Jeffries, one of the last acts that he did is uh, here on this planet, laid hands on, on Reinhardt Bunky and prayed for Reinhardt Bunky, basically, for the anointing and the gifts to be imparted into his life. Now, let me show you, uh, let me show you George Jeffries' church back in the day. Okay, pretty good church, right? Now, watch this, because I'm going to show you how God works generationally and inheritance and in the kingdom. Show them one of Reinhardt's meetings. Okay, flip to the next one, please. There's another picture that there's more people than this. Now watch this. In that meeting, the other picture, there's 1.5 million people at the service. Of course, they walk miles and miles and miles and miles to come to church. And, uh, but here's what's amazing. Everybody listen to me, please. I did a little research last night, around midnight, whatever. There's only 1.3 people in the whole state of Maine. So imagine at one meeting, basically everybody from Maine hearing the gospel. And obviously he's in a Muslim nation. And, and, you know, this is where dead people are getting up. Blind eyes are open. Deaf ears are open. Once again, it might mess with you, but it doesn't mess with God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, he said what greater works you will do also. Amen. That is happening. Amen. For those who believe. So to kind of give you an idea, George Jeffries led tons of people to the Lord. Uh, Reinhardt Bunky, maybe 15 years ago, heard the Lord speak to him. He said, Reinhardt, in the next 10 years, like, there's going to be 10 million people led to the Lord in the next 10 years. I think that's what it was. And, and the guy began to burn Africa like a uh, blazing fire, and, and well over that number came into the kingdom. Pretty awesome, huh? Because here's a lesson for us all. When God speaks to us, he's going to empower us to do it. Reinhardt didn't do it. Jesus did it. He's just looking for a vessel. Amen. Amen. So listen, God, God never calls us to failure, ever. Okay. In other words, when he puts something in your heart, guess what? If you co-labor with him and work with him, it will happen. Amen. 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 
So also, let me kind of add this one thing and we'll move on. Uh, you, you know, a lot of times when you see people uh, sent out, especially this with missionaries, once again, what they do, they, they lay hands on them, pray for them, and they send them out into the field to do the work of the ministry, okay? Kind of ties in with the next one. First one's the anointing for impartation. Second one is authority. Somebody say authority. 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 <laughs> say authority. authority. Much better. Amen. Amen. All right. It's funny. I hate when preachers do that, and then I just did that to y'all. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so all right. So basically, the authority. This is when people receive a mantle of grace, wisdom, and honor to lead for a specific task. Let me give you a biblical example here. It's called Moses and Joshua. Moses and Joshua. And what you see here is you see a transfer of authority for a specific office. All right. So, kind of. Rolls with the first one, but here's Numbers 27. Here's Moses. Moses is dying. And Moses goes and asks the Lord, Lord, will you raise up a new leader? And this is what happens. This is what the Lord speaks to him in verse 18. And it's kind of the the verses that follows, but I'm just kind of shoving one. It says, take Joshua, who has the spirit in him. Everybody say the spirit in him. Listen, that's key. You, You know, you can go pray for somebody all day long, but unless they got the spirit in them, good luck. Okay, so there's got to be something that's already evident, that's marked there, that that person's definitely already called. Amen? And then it says, who, who has the Spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. And then this is key. Present him to the priest and to the community, and publicly commission him to lead the people. And then it says this. This is Bible, not me. It says, transfer some of your authority to him. And that's what happened. So he prayed for him, and guess what? That transfer, the anointing, Moses went off, Moses died, and now Joshua is now leading, leading this country. So kind of get this idea here. Uh, in this area, when it comes to the act of laying on hands, it's used in a public acknowledgement of a leader that God has appointed for a special purpose. Or it's kind of like this. We just know that God's called you to do something. We're going to pray for you. Because what you need in that moment is, yes, the anointing, but also the authority, and, and just to be transferred in your life so you can have the divine wisdom and the grace to do what? To be able to carry out that task that God's appointed you to. Amen. We all need it. Yes? So to kind of give you an example. Once again, I, you know, I don't know why I'm going to bring something. not a political person. But, but notice when Trump went to office, what did they do? They laid hands on him. And they asked, I believe it was Samuel Rodriguez on, on, on TV. Uh, well, that, the, guy, the guy actually said, that was a little odd. And he said, no, it's just the Bible. That there's a laying hands on this man and believing that God's going to transfer an anointing and a grace on his life to be able to do what God's going to do. We need to pray for our president if we agree with him or not. Amen. Because the way he goes, the way we go. So we need to pray. Amen. So, so listen, when, when I left my old church to come here, they pulled me up on the platform. All the pastors who are the elders of the church laid hands on me and prayed for me. Right? That God would basically do that in my life so that I could come and lead you guys. Amen? So, so you do it also with elders in the church when you put them in place. And, and I'll say this. I remember this. I remember when Pastor Brian came back, came back to our church. In other words, he pastored here for those eight years. And then he left and came back to the church I was working at in North Carolina. And I remember he spent, I guess, I don't know, six months a year. And then it was like pastor said, you know what, the, the senior pastor, we're going to put him in, a, in this role officially in a staff meeting. Pastor Al laid hands on Pastor Brian, prayed for him for what we're talking about. And I remember talking to him later. Sorry, I didn't ask your permission to share this. But, but I remember him saying that day, man, there's no doubt a shift has happened in my life. That something changed. And once again, it wasn't from Pastor Al. It was from the Spirit of God that God changed something in him. And he stepped into a greater measure of authority. And it wasn't just because he had a title. It was because he was walking in what God put on his life. Amen. And, and what ha- here's what happens is, is, guess what? When that anointing is there, you don't have to tell anybody. 
So stop running around telling everybody. Okay? If it's there, people are just going to know it and they'll follow it. Y'all getting quiet. Hold me down. It's so true. All right. C. Here we go. C. Third one. However I said it before. All right. Here we go. Is spiritual gifts. Impartation of spiritual gifts. It's Paul and Timothy. With Paul and Timothy. We know Paul uh, basically discipled Timothy. But it says this in 1 Timothy 4.14. says this. It says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you have received. Get that. The spiritual gift you have received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church did what? When they laid their hands on you. So listen, the Bible doesn't tell us what this gift is. But, but there's no doubt that this gift was not only used to comfort, to encourage, and to strengthen the body of Christ, right? Uh, but it's also uh, evident that that thing is connected to Timothy's divine call. And the reason we know that is because later on, and actually the last letter Paul ever wrote, which is 2 Timothy, before he died in prison, he, he told Timothy, he said this, he said, Timothy, stir up the gift that was given to you, it was given to you by the laying on of hands, and then that's when we come with all the verse we all quote. Uh, basically, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But he was saying this, son, listen, remember when we prayed for you. Remember what came prophetically and God spoke over you. And then basically what happens, they obviously heard God of what gift's supposed to be in this life. We don't just walk around just slinging it out like it's candy. Obviously, it has to come from the Lord. And they released that over him and prayed for him. And there was an impartation at that moment to do what he was called to do. And we know that uh, Timothy was actually the pastor of the Ephesus church. So it has to have something that's connected with that. Yeah. that Making sense, you guys? Yeah. Awesome. All right, last one. Last one. And this is simple, and this is probably the most practical way we walk in it. Uh, the last one is this, is, is impartation for blessing. For blessing. I'm going to share a verse with you that I love this is Mark 10, 13 through 16. It says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. So he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. God bless those people. It says, When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And then he says in verse 15, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then he said this last part, sorry, it's over the letters there. It says, then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their head and he blessed them. Amen. Amen. All right, so listen. When it comes to this, obviously we see this all through the Old Testament. We see in the New Testament, but especially in the Old Testament, we would see dads. All the dads, listen to me, please. We would see the fathers, some of them were transitioning into the, the afterlife, right, and to heaven, right? But, but what they would do is they would call their kids in, and they would lay hands on them, and they would pray for them. And they were really, really specific how they did this. In fact, one story in the Bible, it says this. It says that, that literally two kids came, and they lined up the one that they wanted something for, the right side, and the one on the left side, and the dad did this. And the reason he did that is because there was significance for them, and the right hand is one of authority, and the left hand, and it's not that it's shabby, but, but it's not as powerful as the right hand. Okay? And so what happened was is, is uh, they released a blessing. And here's what's so wild about it, especially when you read the Old Testament. When those guys were released a blessing, if you fast forward in those kids' lives, what happened was is what they spoke over them prophetically is typically what happened. It's what came to pass. Amen. So, so listen, I just want to encourage you guys to do this. Like, like dads, let me give you an idea here. How about before your kid goes to school for the first time in a few weeks, right? 
First time mean first day of school, whatever the time, okay? Or your grandkids or whatever, your patriarchs, uh, grandpas. Then why not, why not bring your kids in, anoint them with oil, lay hands on them, and say, you know, just call out the leader that's in them. Man, God send you there to do this, to do that, and, and pray the blessings of God over them. Are, are you all with me? You with me? So, so listen, once again, you have an authority. Moms, it's not that you're, you're not second rate by any means. Hop in there. And, and believe God with them, right? If, listen, if, you, if, you have a, if you're a mom here and, you're, and, you're, and your husband's not leading the home, then, then you do it, amen? Jesus will step in as the husband at that moment. Thank God, right? And, and, and so and pray for them and anoint them and just speak life over them. Bless them. Are you okay with that? Amen. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Okay, so let's ask ourselves this. Kind of in a practical way today, why should we do this? Why should we do it? Why should we... Take the courage to get off the sideline to step out and actually pray for someone. Why should we do that? And, and I just want to uh, extend to you today because Jesus did. Watch. Where does he live today? We're wall-to-wall spirit man. He lives in us. Okay? And, and the work that he is doing, that he is doing today, guess what? I'm not saying, obviously, he has chose in his sovereignty to work with us. Right? And so, and so listen, uh, don't be afraid. Are you all with me? Yeah. Maybe say it this way. The enemy loves to come and attack us for fear where we're, where, where we're called to do things, right? Yeah. So listen, if you're scared to death to pray for somebody, maybe God wants to use you in that area. Yeah. Right? And you just got to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay? So, yeah. yeah li- listen. Listen. I don't like talking in front of people. I did it this morning. You pray for somebody, you, you got this. Listen, God has anointed you to do it. You can do it. Amen. You can do it. Amen. And uh, so, listen, another reason, because obviously it's all throughout the Bible, right? All throughout the Bible, God's people did it. But, but more than anything, why should we do it? It's because we love people. Man, that's it, man. Guys, we should be the most loving people on the planet. Uh, we, we love people, and because we want to make a difference in their lives. There, there, you know, there's something, at least for me, man, I, like, like I have a hard time going to places sometimes. And not because I'm weird, but because when you walk through places and you see people and their junk and their mess, you just want to help people. And I'll say at Walmart, I can go over, you know, aisle three, Jesus is going to touch you. You, you, know, walk, you know, people got to invite you in, right? You, you know, just don't go slap somebody on the third aisle, just cross the head, just, you know, shandai them, Right. Use wisdom. Anyways, but, but just look, when the opportunity comes, man, take the courage and just pray for somebody. Amen? And, and you know, and, and if I can give you one other reason, it's simply because of this. It's because he said when we do it, we'll get results. Well, we've got to have some results. Amen? And, you know, I think, I think of anything, man, people, 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 people need to see that God's real. It's a great place to say amen. People need to see he's real. Man, he's not dead. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you, and then, we'll, um, and then we'll shift gears. If you're comfortable with it, uh, if you're not, that's fine. But if you're comfortable with it, lift your hands. If you're not comfortable with it, just position your heart. Father, I just ask you today, God, for just the family of God. Father, all of us in here today. Lord, us that know you, you live in us. And, uh, Father, not only do you live in us, but, Lord, you want to get out of us. You want to move. You want to you do something. You want to act. God, you want to touch people's lives. And so, Lord, we just pray that we would have the courage to step out, and, God, in this area and put it to practice. Not walk out of church today and put it on the shelf and go, well, that was, that was, that was nice. 
But, but Lord, that we would say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to uh, put that in my arsenal for the kingdom. And we're going to begin to use that. And Father, we just thank you, God, that when we step out in faith, God, that you're going to meet us there and you're going to move. And uh, Lord, if it's, if it's to bring healing, if it's to bring comfort, if it's to bring peace, uh, God, you know what every situation needs. Lord, we just ask that we would be submitted and obedient and, and we would do it in uh, your way, in your heart, in your character, in Jesus' name. Just help us to represent you really, really well. God, we don't want to be kooky. We don't want to be weird. We just want to represent you well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.